This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, March 17th, 2023. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, a special program on automation in the workplace. The ITUC releases a report on algorithms, how AI is affecting education and teachers, and singing. I couldn't find Joe, Jack, John, or Jim, nobody could I see. Nothing but buttons and bells and lights all over the factory. This is Radio Labor. A new report prepared for the International Trade Union Confederation warns about the use of algorithmic systems in the workplace. The ITUC is the global body which represents national union centers such as the Ghana Trade Union Congress and the AFL-CIO in the United States. The ITUC commissioned a Berlin-based NGO called Algorithm Watch to report on how unions can face automation in the workplace, including the use of algorithms. I talked to Anne Molin, who is the Senior Policy and Advocacy Manager at Algorithm Watch. I asked her to describe what an algorithm is. We call them algorithmic decision-making systems or short ADM systems in the workplace, ADM systems. And they basically use different sorts of automation in the decision-making processes in, for instance, the workplace. So this sort of automation could either be rule-based algorithms or they can be machine learning algorithms. This is what we usually refer to as so-called artificial intelligence. And the more interesting case probably here are the machine learning algorithms because they make assumptions or try to identify connections in large data sets. And based on these connections and the assumptions they deduce from these data sets, they become applied to make decisions in a whole different and in many different areas of life, but among others also in the workplace. So when these ADM systems in the workplace, um, they become applied, they are usually called people analytic systems or algorithmic management systems. And they can be used for very different tasks. So what we usually distinguish are descriptive systems, predictive systems, and prescriptive systems. So descriptive systems, for instance, they would gather information about the workforce based on these large data sets that I was talking about earlier, and they would try to generate insights about the workforce. For example, what are peak times when people go on sick leave or what team constellations have performed particularly well regarding a given task. So this would be some sort of descriptive um, task they would be overtaking. Predictive systems, they make predictions about future developments and they base their decisions on these predictions. So this could be, for instance, in a scenario where an ADM system is used to scan CVs of people who apply for a job in a company and these systems could be used to make decisions on who to invite for job interviews based on characteristics of applicants in the past that later became well-performing employees. But they could also be used, these predictive systems, to decide in cases where people are being laid off. 
So it could also be applied to terminate employment and contracts. And prescriptive systems, they decide what is the best decision out of a number of different scenarios. So this could be, for instance, applied when jobs or tasks are assigned to employees and teams in a fast-paced environment, for instance, in uh, logistics. So these are kind of the kinds of systems that we're talking about and the kind of tasks they could be doing. So from the termination of the employment to allocation of shifts, to allocation of teams and work tasks, but also they can be used for um, assessing productivity of individual workers. And there is a danger here because in these systems, criteria are defined for what productivity means. But of course, these criteria are quite subjective and often very opaque for the people, for the workers who are affected by these systems. What can labor unions do to deal with the challenges further automation poses for workers and their representatives? I think the most important thing right now is to raise awareness among workers for the far-reaching consequences of ADM systems in the workplace. Because it is not a very tangible thing. You know, you have these AI systems and they make decisions and it's this kind of black box, um, a, a software system that takes decisions. But the long-term consequences are not really tangible for people in their everyday working life. But we need this awareness um, to have people have a say regarding automation in the workforce. So what labor unions also can do is they need to, and they are already doing this, they establish guiding principles for the use of automation in the workplace. And these principles usually include things like transparency, oversight, data protection and privacy or fairness and non-discrimination as guiding principles for how automation should be used in the workplace. Um, but it's really important now to make a next step for unions to move beyond these kind of theoretical principles, which are important, but we now have to come um, to specific tools and instruments to help people in the workplace implement these principles. So um, we need to find ways how to include these principles in social dialogue and collective bargaining agreements, for instance. And unions now need to develop and create tools to support workers, for instance, impact assessment tools or guides for collective bargaining and automation, also training and educational courses for workers and their representatives so that they can participate in the decision-making of automated decision-making systems. Because this is really where we need to be heading to establish ways of co-developing these systems and their criteria for decision-making and to have worker voices involved in this kind of decision-making, how these systems operate. As technological change proceeds even faster, the effects on workers is worsening. For example, teachers are finding many parts of their traditional educational practices being taken over by automated systems produced by profit-making companies. 
in an effort to warn teachers, parents, and government officials about the dangers of technology, Education International has produced a podcast on the subject. EI represents 30 million union members in 172 countries. The podcast was hosted by Martin Henry, EI's research coordinator. He spoke to Neil Selwyn, a professor at Monash University in Australia. We know that without the union context, we can't make the difference that we need in the area of tech. So to kick off, I'd just like to know if technology and education is a work issue, what aspects of tech are most problematic for teachers' work? In particular, what should our unions be keeping their eyes on as a, as a most important issue? Uh, thanks, Martin. It's nice. Great to be back. And I'm sure all of your listeners will be more than aware of what the most problematic bits of tech are because they live it on a day-to-day basis. But it's actually really diff- It's really easy to kind of forget about these problematic issues and just make it part of the normal kind of hassle of everyday working life. But if you think about it, tech amplifies a lot of problems, I think, in teaching as, as a work issue. So, I mean, the most obvious one is the intensification of teachers' work, you know, the, the, the busy work, the duplication of effort, having to do three things on three different systems as well as doing it on paper just to make sure you've got a proper record. When we do research in schools, teachers tell us all the time that they've developed workarounds, but these workarounds often involve doing more work. So that's one thing I think you just need to be really mindful of. So you've got intensification of work. You've also got extension of teacher work as well. The way that digital work bleeds into the evenings and the early mornings and the weekends and the holiday time you can make a really concerted effort to turn your phone off or not bring your phone on holiday. But if your email's on your phone, you're contactable. So, I mean, that, that's a big issue, and I'm sure everyone experiences that. And again, it just becomes part of the new normal. We talked to a lot of teachers that said, Sunday night, I go through all my emails because otherwise I can't start work on Monday. And you say to them, but you are working on Sunday night if that's what you're doing. But somehow emails are not work, but yet they are. So, I mean, those are two things. The thing I'm really interested in as well is surveillance. These technologies lend themselves to monitoring and you know, tracking and measuring and surveilling, often for very kind of benign reasons. But those logics then kind of follow on in the way that we use the technology. So this idea of soft surveillance, I think, everything you do online is tracked. Everything you do online is, is you know, it doesn't just disappear into the ether. Data valence is something that I'm really, really interested in. The data that's generated by your technology use can then be used to profile you or to see what you're doing. So Again, surveillance and surveillance creeps into the way we then use these technologies as teachers. um, Colleagues of mine have coined the phrase surveillance pedagogy. The way you teach with these technologies, it's very easy for you to, we talked in the previous podcast about looking at your students doing their homework live on the learning management system. That is surveillance pedagogy. Um, I think talking about, I'm I'm really interested in AI and automated decision-making in classrooms. There's a bunch of stuff now in classrooms where decisions are being made that used to be the, the preserve of the teacher, but now the technology is doing them. And they can be very, very small level things, you know, is a student working or not? Is a student present in the class, et cetera, et cetera. Who's accountable for those decisions? The teacher has not made the decision. The system's made the decision. Who's accountable if anything goes wrong? And, and that's a really gray area. So I think that's a work issue that's really, really interesting. If you're working in a, in a classroom where decisions are being made by technology, are you responsible? If you're not responsible, who is? How are they explainable? Could you, you know, oh, There's all sorts of issues there. And talking at the <laughs> from the union point of view, the thing that really gets me at the moment, 
how technology is being used for strike breaking, I think is really, really interesting and also worrying. Now here's the American folk singer Joe Glazer with Automation. I went down, down, down to the factory Early on a Monday morning When I got down to the factory It was lonely, it was forlorn I couldn't find Joe, Jack, John or Jim Nobody could I see Nothing but buttons and bells and lights All over the factory Well, I walked, walked, walked into the foreman's office To find out what was what I looked him in the eye and I said, what goes? This is the answer I got His eyes turned red, then green and blue And it suddenly dawned on me There was a robot sitting in the seat Where the foreman used to be I walked all around, all around, up and down Across that factory I watched all the buttons and the bells and the lights It was a mystery to me I hollered Hank, Frank, Ike, Mike, Joe, Jack, Don, Dan, Roy, Ray, Ed, Fred, Pete And a great big mechanical voice boomed out All your buddies are obsolete All your buddies are obsolete All your buddies are obsolete Well, I was scared, scared, scared I was worried, I was sick as I left that factory Decided that I had to see the president Of the whole darn company When I got up to his office He was rushing out the door with a scowl upon his face For there was a great big mechanical executive Sitting in the president's place I went home my ever-loving wife I told about the factory She kissed me, she hugged me She cried a little bit As she sat on my knee Now I don't understand All the buttons and the bells But there's one thing I will say I thank the Lord That love's still made In the good old-fashioned way And that's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.